What movie did we just watch, Amy? We watched the Train to Bus- or just Train to Busan. Yep. Because we're masochists. <laughs> we're a glutton for punishment. Something like that. I don't know. Okay, so this is a zombie apocalypse movie. It's a movie. zombie apocalypse movie. And we got it. We've had it in our pile for a month now because we got it from the library right before we went into lockdown. And it was just, we couldn't watch it because it's too soon, <laughs> too soon. And then today we watched it. We filled up for it today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. It's actually, a Korean. It is, it is a Korean zombie film. Um, movie. Came out in 2016. Uh, it was very popular when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people recommended it, and I can see why. Um, yeah, not not by a director I'm familiar with. Uh, this was his, yep. his first feature film. So, oh, okay. He, he's worked in animation before. So it was okay. his first live action feature film. Um, and he apparently made a animated prequel to this as well okay called soul station i think mm. this is again things that i just picked up from like wikipedia and imdb um, and he's doing a follow-up movie maybe this year maybe next year yeah. maybe never well i mean before everything it says to be released august 2020 okay Peninsula. so it's probably been filmed already then um um, which is Probably in the same post. universe, although not a direct sequel. Really? Because Wikipedia says something else. Oh, well, that was the last I heard. Who knows? It, I haven't seen the film. So, well, no. <laughs> Does Wikipedia call it a direct sequel? Well, no. Uh, so, Peninsula, a movie that is said to be showing the events four years after Train to Busan. Um, oh, but Eon, it's Eon Sang-ho is the director. Yeah. Eon has stated that Peninsula is not a sequel to Train to Busan because it's not a continuation of the story, but it happens in the same universe. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Felicity. Yeah, that, it, there's a thing on your spot. Yeah. Makes she, it harder. Yes. She would really like to get up on the, the makeshift table we have for our microphone. Yep. And it's it's not right. Yeah, so if you hear a sudden crash, that's a that's micro- why. microphone falling to the floor. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, Yeon Sang-ho is the director. Yep. Um, the movie is is kind of a straightforward plot. Yeah, Financial was... manager dad. He's kind of a bad dad. Yeah. Has a little girl. She just wants to go visit her mom who lives in a different city. Yeah. And so, he finally gives in and takes her on the train at the start of a zombie apocalypse. Yep. Which they don't know at the time. No, they didn't. They, if they'd known, they might not have gotten on the train. Yeah. They might have. I don't know. I, yeah. 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 Unclear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and the... Yeah, and then and then it proceeds like a zombie movie. Like, yeah. that was, I think, maybe what surprised me more so than anything else was that how closely this sort of huge to the zombie movie formula, I was expecting... More subversion or different. Ex- or different, just because people talked about it very highly. Yeah. Um, you know, Edgar Wright called it like the best zombie movie he'd seen in years. Mm. Um, Edgar Wright, writer and director of Shaun of the Dead, which is the best zombie movie I've seen in years. Yeah. I don't think I would actually say that about this. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Uh, because as a rule, I do not like zombies. Yes. I do not like zombie films. That has historically been the case. Um, I. That's why I never watched Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, I did like iZombie, but that was 
basically 97% the zombies act and function like full human beings. Yes. So that was fine yeah. with me. And I would definitely watch Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. or Zombieland, probably. Yeah. But as a rule, I do not like zombie yeah. things. So, so my question to you is, what is this film doing differently? The why this, the why now I, of this film? I am struggling to answer that question, to be honest. Um, I, I I don't know that I have an answer other than, like, the, the thing is, it's on a train. Yeah. And I've never seen a zombie movie on a train yep. before. And yep. for for a zombie movie, that is sometimes sufficient. Um, there's another zombie movie whose name I, I am blanking on at the moment that I've wanted to see uh, for a number of years that's set in a radio station. Mm. And that intrigues me just because it's in a radio station. And so they're like broadcasting live as the zombie apocalypse happens. And that's an interesting take on it. How close it hews to the quote unquote formula. TBD. And to be serious, when I say the formula, I really mean like my gut is to go um, Dawn of the Dead. No, Night of the Living Dead. Sorry. Um, but really, I think the the actual format was was in Dawn of the Dead is where the zombie movie formula kind of got fixed. Which is Dawn of the Dead, the one there in the mall. Yeah. So the and then it got remade. It got remade by Zack Snyder, um, possibly Zack Snyder's best film, which isn't saying a lot, but um, <laughs> is the case. Fight me, Zack Snyder fans. <laughs> um. And the remake was fine. The remake wasn't great. The original Dawn of the Dead was really good. Um, because Romero, particularly with his first three zombie films, um, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, was saying something. Right. The best horror films are the ones that are not about horror. Yeah. They're making some sort of message, mm-hmm. social message. Yeah. And I knew Romero had... The, the zombie film started with the message. I just couldn't remember what the message was mm-hmm. in. Well, so the, the original... In which, in which one? Uh, Like, Night of the Living Dead. The yeah. first one. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead is... And I haven't seen it in years. So I'm, I'm speaking more of what other people speak of it than I am pulling from my own experience right now. Uh, but Night of the Living Dead is very much a commentary on civil rights. Um, and the most ham-fisted way that that happens is the protagonist turns out to be, over the course of the movie, the only black man in the film, which That's is right. a big deal. That's right. And he is trapped in this house with a white family and a few other strangers, and they're they're dealing with this thing going on. Um, like many zombie movies, they don't actually call them zombies. They don't really call them anything. Um, and, again, the mo- as I was saying, the most hammered home point is at the end of Night of the Living Dead, spoilers for a movie that's super old, um, he survives the night and he is, um, he goes up to the window in this house like the as the sole survivor mm-hmm. and some other guys who are out wandering around killing zombies see him through the window and shoot him. And that's the end of the movie. Mm. Yep, that's message. Yeah. Social message. Like, not subtle either. <laughs> <laughs> um... And 
Dawn of the Dead is very much a critique of consumerism and sort of the, you know, the horror is not the zombies, the horror is the shopping mall and things like that. And, right. and there's, there's, again, Romero is not subtle in any of these sorts of things. Right. Well, and then you get Walking Dead where the message is, it's not the zombies that are the Walking Dead, it's, it's the, the humans. It's the humans who are surviving. Yes. Right. Um, which, which literally they say in the text of the book, well, a later and, text because the author just decided you really needed to know. Yeah, the he just message. didn't trust his audience. To know the message. Don't you get it? We're the Walking Dead, and I'm like, yes, I know. That's no, uh-huh. yep, yep, yep. It wasn't when I quit Walking Dead, but it should have been when I quit reading Walking Dead. I only watched the first season of the TV show, but I read the first ninety plus comics. Yeah, um, and sustained zombie narratives are tough. Um, well, and that's you've had the the outgrowth into the comedy world with mm-hmm. like Zombieland. Yeah, it's more of a comedy. That one with Adam Driver that just came out. Oh this yeah, year. yeah. The Jim Jarmusch made a zombie movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then of course Shaun of the Dead. And Shaun of the Dead. Um, which we're all they're all kind of playing with it, and then mm-hmm. and then there are just a lot of in between zombie movies yeah, that are just that are just formulaic that mm-hmm. are just. Yep, they're zombies. And sometimes they do interesting things with them. Sometimes they don't. Um, I remember watching, um, there's one, I don't know the name of it, that is like Nazi zombies. And there was a bunch of Nazis that were frozen and they're zombies and they wake up and they're still zombies. And they're like wearing Nazi uniforms. But that's as far as that goes. <laughs> sure. yeah. Other than that, it's just um, mostly just a zombie movie in a cold mountain region which i actually think was more interesting than the the nazi side of it cold mountain like appalachia no like in the winter on a mountain oh okay not not the cold mountain okay that's in Asheville. (laughs) it is (laughs) no like in a mountain in the cold and there's lots of snow it might be called like dead in the snow or something yeah i remember seeing um 28 Days Later, mm-hmm. that's pretty straightforward. It is. 28 zombie. Days Later was one of the first ones to have fast zombies. That was Yeah, I was going to ask its where the fast zombies uh, came from. Yeah, that was, that was. I don't know if they were the first one, but they were the ones who sort of popularized fast zombies. Yeah, I remember that happening in my lifetime, that fast zombies were, yeah. were popularized. Dawn of the Dead had them, sort of, the remake. Um, I don't remember if that came out before or after 28 Days Later. Because I just don't know. Um, but I remember watching the special features of Dawn of the Dead, the remake. And they talked about how the zombies start fast and get slower as mm. their bodies decay. And so they have someone, you know, if if you die and turn into a zombie immediately, you have the full capabilities of a human. Mm. But because you are dead, you slowly decay and become slower. Which I thought was clever. Um, yeah, so this yeah. zombie movie was... In the ver- in a very typical mold for zombie movies, to my mind, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of archetypal characters, um, same kind of struggles that you mm-hmm. have. Um, you know, you're watching out to see if anyone could be infected. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're infected. You every time you think things are safe and they're you try not. to get out, <laughs> uh, you get attacked by the zombies. These are fast moving zombies, but yes. they are not smart they can't in that they can't open doors yeah um and and do things like that but they they were pulling kind of what i recognize visually as the world war z zombie wave yeah thing going I, on. Uh, I just 
that bugs me. I just I'm not interested in it at all. Um, I think this didn't do it as terribly as World War Z did, um, but there were definitely times when it's like the the teeming masses form a, a, their own creature almost right. that is is moving. Right. Well, and yeah, World War Z was very poorly received. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, zombie movies usually not my thing. Yeah, not your thing. That's fair. Uh, not my thing. Uh, so this was. I think what was unusual is the being on a train. And, of course, it being on a train and being a Korean film made me think of Snowpiercer (laughs) quite a bit. Fair. (laughs) Trying to get to the front of that train. Got to get to the front of the train. Um, Snowpiercer, I think, was a better movie than this, but that's not saying much. Yes, well, Snowpiercer also doesn't have zombies, but it is a... Uh, exploration of class. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, class oppression. Bong Joon Ho. And so, apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse, class oppression on a train. Yeah. Um, and, but, and, and we're saying like it's a zombie movie, but on a train. The being on a train was interesting. It, it created yeah. interesting problems. It created interesting solutions. So that was clever in that sort of sense of, of taking that mold and seeing like, what does it do in this space? You know, how do we explore that creatively? Um, creative use of tunnels, for example, was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I I felt like I could have sat there with a stopwatch and like predicted when various characters were going to die because <laughs> they were the archetypal. So so fixed and so well, and so yeah. I felt like if if there could be a social message, I mean, there is there is a message in this film, and I think widely it's about the father needs to learn. To sacrifice for yes. her, his daughter rather than sacrifice at her expense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, spoilers again. If you don't, <laughs> if you want to watch the film <laughs> and you don't want the spoiler, stop now. <laughs> um, so the father has to ultimately sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. He's trying to save her and and another woman, and he does, but he's bitten in the process, so he. He throws himself off the train so as not to infect, infect them. Yeah. And that was the setup from the very beginning of the film. He's not a good dad. He yeah. works all the time. He, you know, is not paying attention to her. And um, bless you. Bless you. Got the sneezes. Yeah. So, I mean, very much what the film was. Like, it was not hiding that by any means. No. One of the things that stuck out to me is... Um, so in the the beginnings mm-hmm. of the outbreak on the train, um, the father. So the the way that they're surviving this is basically th- uh, closing the doors yeah. in the compartments. Zombies can't um, use doors, right? They can't make the doors. Sometimes they can break them down, break the glass out. Sometimes, Sometimes. it's like plexiglass, so it doesn't really break. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, we'll just ignore that. Yeah. Uh, so they're closing the doors, and he he does it. Um, and there are two non-infected people mm-hmm. in, in the other way. And if it, he at the last minute, he relents. He opens he the door. He lets them in. The, um, it's a couple. The man is very angry. Um, and, and so the father keeps telling the daughter, you have to look out for yourself. You have yeah. to look out for yourself in this kind of situation. Stop. She's trying to help people. Yeah. I mean, she's like six yeah. tops. Very young. 
Um, and he's like, no, no, no. And so over the course of the film, you see each other, like, helping more and mm-hmm. more other yeah. Other people. In comparison to the the closest thing we call to a villain, maybe the antagonist of the film, who's the the COO of some big company, big company, and he continues to be selfish throughout the entire yeah. movie, um, although comes to the exact same end. So, um, if I was extra cynical, I would say it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nihilism. <laughs> but he literally like throws other people at the zombies yes. so that he can escape. Yes. Instead of helping people. Um, which oh somebody wants to yeah, play somebody wants to play, wants to I was play. Try pet you but um yeah yeah so yeah so the the why this why now beyond that i i don't know that i have much of an answer um other than it was is neat it was fun um some of the action sequences were well done um particularly the the first like fight scene after they gear up and they've got mm-hmm. the like riot shield and the baseball bat like that was well done mm-hmm. <laughs> um kitty is just attacking kevin's uh, arm right now kind of like the zombies <laughs> attacked the guys going through that the train that was a very loud meow kitty ow oh. ow do you want the feather stick i mean i do but she won't she's busy with this okay ow <laughs> I'm antagonizing. Oh, it's my fault. Yeah. Uh, She's going to go for my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was a little surprised by how, by the numbers it was, just because I feel like to do, to get as much praise as this movie did, you usually have to do something pretty unexpected with a zombie film. I, I think, you know, the you gotta examples of... change the genre. Zombieland gotta... is a really good example of, yeah. of something that is very clearly a zombie movie um but it was it was clever and self-aware and not telling the same story because mm-hmm. so often zombie movies are at the point of outbreak we don't know what's going on we don't know what these things are and that's the movie and it's usually over a very relatively short time period you know this was less than a day um that we watched you know the outbreak happen um, but Zombieland takes place into the outbreak by a significant amount. Right. And if I remember correctly, Zombieland is really about the characters. Oh, that, absolutely. The, not the not them fighting zombies, but them getting along. Yeah. And living together. Yeah. It's is. it's a it's a character driven comedy set in a zombie apocalypse. Right. And there's still a big action sequence because it's a Hollywood movie, and you can't do zombies without a big action sequence at the end. Um. I think it's the law. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have anything. I didn't have a lot of thoughts because it because it was so it, very. It was formulaic, and I, I don't know the context of of Korean cinema so much. I don't know how this fits in with uh, a lot of the horror films in mm-hmm. in Korea um, and their history of zombie films. Yeah, I don't know at all. I I don't know. Um, that kind of context. I mean, it, we were talking about before the film that there are really good Korean horror movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that they've like that's definitely out a lot an of excellent them. genre. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess there was some like they were trying to make some sort of capitalism point in that the dad 
his finance plan might have also influenced the outbreak, which is at a biotech company. Like something got loose in a biotech yeah. company, and he's feeling remorse for this. But it, it wasn't quite working. Yeah, to it wasn't create working. Any pathos. It and didn't. It didn't feel like it mattered to the story they were telling. Yeah. Like, why is it? Yeah. Okay. He's responsible for it. Like, is that okay? Like, but is he or is he not? There's an ambiguity there, but not in an interesting way. Just in a, we didn't make it clear. Yeah. So I'm just really interested in what, like, people, like, Edgar Wright saying this is the best zombie movie he's, he's seen in seen years. In yeah. Years. Yeah. That, that um, surprises me more having seen it. Um, cause it was fine. It was well made. It was well yeah. acted. The special effects were good. It was on a train, and that's neat. So you think for people who like zombie movies, they would like Oh, absolutely. I think if you're into zombie movies, you will like this movie a lot. Because I think it is a masterful execution of that genre in a way that is not subversive, is not meta-commentary on zombie movies. It is just a well-made zombie movie. Um. But being just a well-made zombie movie isn't much for me. Yeah. Well, and since I'm not a big fan of zombie movies, this yeah. one definitely did not blow my socks off. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. And there, I mean, it had some of the inconsistencies that bug me about zombie movies, the glass being one of them, like when they can break it, when they can't. Ow. Yeah. Well, sometimes it looked like glass and sometimes it was... Like Lexan. Yeah, she's going to go for my face. <laughs> Kitty, we might have to put you down. Aww. It was also a like an instantaneous... Um, that's not a like inconsistency, but well, it's, an inti- it's it almost instantaneous, instantaneous. Except for when it wasn't? Right. <laughs> if you were kind of a main or supporting character, then it you took could, a little you while. You could last longer. Yeah, it took a little while to take, to take if hold. If you were a minor character... Yeah, you're going to bite my arm. We're going on the floor. Yep. We've, oh! We will maybe Sorry. go outside after after we're done. Entertain our cat. Now she's biting feet. <laughs> Welcome to the show where Felicity attacks us. We, we've gone a few episodes without having this, so... She was, she was keeping count. Yeah. Um, I did write... I'm just looking at my notes at the very beginning... Um, I like the guy in the truck hit the deer, and my immediate thought was zombie deer question mark. Yeah. And then I was like zombie deer. Zombie deer. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy that looks like John Cho in the very beginning of the movie for like half a scene. It's I mean, not I, John. Ho. I didn't think he looked that much like John Cho, well, but I don't know what anybody looks like. I, it's so, a fun game we play. Yeah. Um, also, trains are cool. That was a thought I had throughout this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. It would be really cool to take a train to go from one city to another city. <laughs> and these are, this was a nice train they were on. I don't yeah, know if it was top it of the It looked line. a lot more comfortable than an airplane. Yeah. There's room to get up and walk around. They had TV show on the news. Yeah. Room for your legs. Yeah. It looked like a real nice train. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that a few times. <laughs> Minus the zombies, but... In general. Oh, I know what was also bothering me. It was really convenient that the zombie outbreak seemed to take place at the back of the train. Yes. Well, no, there was there was one infected car in the middle. 
Um, but yes, it started at the back. They, they basically, and then they all move towards the front. Yes. Because they had to move through a car at one yeah. point that had zombies in it. But yes, it started at the back. Which I thought would mean that they could break the trains apart well, at the infected. That was something that was brought that up. And dramaturgically, the, that's why they're moving to the front of the train. Is to cut off the rest, yes. Otherwise, they could have moved to the back. <laughs> well, the conductor's at the front. Yeah, but they couldn't cut apart the train. No. Because so. that was brought up and dismissed. <laughs> yeah. So, and okay, if you like zombie films... You're going to love this. It's great. Then it's a, then it's a great film. It's done well. Yeah. It, it is good filmmaking. Um, oh, this is a thing that bothered me a little bit. I couldn't tell when it was set because he gives his daughter a Nintendo Wii... Wii. Which is a very old console. Yeah. And like maybe that was the joke? I don't know. Um, And then he watches her recital on a camcorder. Yeah, I was like, why didn't somebody take this on their phone? They had they, well, they had iPhones. Like, that was my original thought. Well, the first cell phone we see, the guy in the truck that hits the deer, is not a smartphone. Oh, okay. It had buttons on it. Or it was it was right in that period of like, we put a keyboard on this phone. Like that's what it looks like to me. But then everybody else had smartphones, and I'm like, well, okay, what, when is this? Um, and there's lots of people watching, you know, not YouTube on their phones to see zombie videos. So, like, it was clearly a newer, like, present day, but a Wii and a freaking, like, camcorder to, to yeah. watch his performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a few little details like that, which, which prevent it from really being a, like, yeah. a great film. I did think at the end that they were going to do the Night of the Living Dead thing and shoot, shoot the survivors. Them. And then I was like, ooh, that's going to be the subversion. They're all going to yeah. die. And then it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> no, no, they didn't survive. And another formulaic part, the sole survivors make it to the outpost. Yeah, that, the safety. That is, um, has quarantined and mm-hmm. doesn't have any uh, outbreaks. Yeah. So that was... Which... I think, I haven't seen Day of the Dead in so long, but I think that's the premise of Day of the Dead, is it's set in one of those outposts, um, and how things aren't always as good as the, you want them to be inside yeah. of those. Because it was it was sort of a critique of, like, militarism, in the same way that, you know, you had the, the consumerism in the second one. But again, I haven't, it's been so long since I've seen it, so I don't remember that super well. Yeah. But this, this not a strong critique. No, not not a strong social message at all, which is fine. Movies yeah. don't have to have a social no. message. Yeah, they can be really enjoyable and yeah. not have. Um. Um, but again, I think we we you and I tend to like that in our horror films. Yes, those are my favorite horror yeah. films. Like, well, again, I asked before you, we started watching this if um, we had recorded a podcast on Wreck, but we had started recording our podcast back then. Yeah, I remember liking that. And it's, it's a Spanish zombie film. Mm-hmm. Spanish as in from Spain. Yeah. And um, uh, found footage. And it's a found footage. And I remember liking it. I don't remember why I liked it. Like, I can't remember if there was anything I thought that was unique about it. Um, I mean, I, th- I think the found footage aspect, it was one of the very yeah. few found footage movies that was done well. Mm-hmm. And it was legitimately scary, yes. too. Yeah. Um, which I don't think, like, Train to Busan, I don't think it was scary. I, I really wasn't... Like, I was kind of... Like, I was apprehensive about the characters, and I yeah. knew a lot of them were going to die, but 
Uh, there were no... So I'm a screamer yes. when it comes to horror films. I'm very aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the fibro talking. <laughs> I am just uh, hypersensitive. I'm always on alert. My nervous yeah. system is always on alert. Um, and I definitely scream during wreck. Yes. Especially during the final yeah. scene. <laughs> That was scary. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. That was really creepy. Yeah, you didn't scream in this movie no, at all. It wasn't. Yeah. And and by this time, we've seen so many of the bodies that bend in weird ways. Yeah, it's not super it's not impressive as, anymore. Yeah, it's not as, as disturbing yeah. in, in kind of an uncanny mm-hmm. um, way. Although the guy that does it on Flash is, is pretty uncanny. Yeah, that... Well, he's not playing a zombie like that. No. <laughs> but he, he appears to have no bones. Yeah. Um, he's a, he, the, the actor is a contortionist. And they're not actually <laughs> using, like, prop limbs on him, so... So it's real creepy. So that... Yeah, that is real creepy. <laughs> that is real creepy. Uh, you want to about the trailers we watched? I wrote down all of them. See if you can remember that far back. I, I don't know if I can... The first one tell was me. Operation Mekong, which I have no cultural context for whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it looked kind of like a military movie, I guess. Yeah, but post Vietnam War, yeah, it like to me, yeah, it looked more modern. That, that. That's what I but was not thinking. Now modern, maybe, but somewhere between Vietnam and now. It was quote unquote based on a true story. Yeah, I think it was based on a real event. Mm. I was trying to figure out what language that they were speaking because it didn't sound like Vietnamese to me. So I wondered if it was a Korean film. I mean, that was, was my guess. Was it was a Korean, Korean film. Yeah, it, it was, it was like the same Korean. production company as this movie. Yeah, yeah. So my thought was Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, the tunnel, which looked like a claustrophobic no, disaster survivor movie. disaster movie. Yeah, um, looked interesting. I was. I'm, I don't know if it if it's any good, but I was like, oh, that's neat. Oh, like a serious disaster movie, not like Skyscraper, which is not <laughs> a serious disaster movie. And then Phantasm, which is a movie I have not thought about in a very long time. Right, and that's a U.S. film. It is. It's from the seventies. It's a horror film that I've never heard of. Yeah, it's sort I of said... a psychedelic horror film. Um, I would put it much closer to like the cult horror world. Mm. Like I remember like seeing it in Blockbuster and seeing like trailers for it on other horror films. Um, I've never seen it. I particularly remember like the the CGI silver ball. It may not have even been CGI. It may have just been a, a silver ball that, that that was like the spooky thing. Yeah. In the same way that um, Hellraiser has the spooky box. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if those were at all related. You've never seen Hellraiser either, nope. so <laughs> there's a spooky box. Okay, spooky box. Um, yeah, um, I thought that was an interesting one to throw in here, as far as like the trailers we were watching. And then there was the Wailing, which I do not remember anything about, other than the title because I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I guess it's Wailing, like W A I L. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Which don't. says it had a real impact on me. <laughs> nope. Don't remember. <laughs> cool. That was all the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a lot to say about this no, one. No, and that's okay. Um, you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not an uplifting movie to watch during the lock-in. Yeah, I do want to watch Dan Olson's thing about quarantine. Contagion. Or contagion. Um, I've seen that recommended by like people I don't I didn't know watched Dan 
Olsen film recently. They've recommended his video yes, about about contagion. contagion. Yeah. I think there's distance with watching a zombie film, right? Zombie films are usually pandemics. Yes. Of some sort of virus that's yeah. infecting people. And most most zombie films are about the mm-hmm. outbreak. Um, oh, I saw an interview with an epidemiologist who was saying, like, zombies are super easy from an epidemiological standpoint. Because the infection rate is 100%. So you, you can easily, like, identify who has it and who doesn't and quarantine them. And then you're done. <laughs> Unlike the current pandemic we're in where we don't know who has it. <laughs> I mean, I think that epidemiologist is being optimistic given our <laughs> current government situation. Yes, but as an individual. And yes. he's like, and because the infection rate is, if you are infected, you die. It, the, the treatment, such as it is, becomes yes. very straightforward as well. Um, there's not a lot of, like, you're not going to overwhelm the hospital system. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was being humorous to a certain extent, yeah. but... So there's some zis- distance yes. from, from zombie movies. Whereas with Contagion and Outbreak, yeah. there's... There's not. <laughs> there's less of a distance, like, things that, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, people were using, in the early stages of COVID-19, the scene from Contagion to explain or not. Like, people were linking Uh, that and referencing it because it's apparently got a really good explanation of what or not is in terms of infection rates. Well, who knows, folks? We could watch Dan Olson's essay on Contagion and then decide we need to see Contagion. I mean, it's entirely possible. But if we do that, we are definitely watching Descendants 3 afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) To, like, have a palate cleanser there. Yeah, we were saving Descendants 3 for when we really need it. Anything else? Uh, I kind of need a palate cleanser. Well, we can watch other things. We can no. throw on some Great British Bake Off or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know. I know. But I think I think I think that's all. Yeah. Felicity, of course, has now calmed down. She's not interested anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, right. well, say good night, Amy. <laughs> good night, Amy.